as you move into more positions of authority and greater responsibility, you want to be viewed as competent. And I know for me, everyone around me that was in leadership were men. And I think it took me a while, years, to figure out how to be comfortable in a leadership role and not be telling myself that that's going to come across. If I was not bossy and real assertive and aggressive, that people weren't going to take me seriously because that's what I was seeing men doing. So when I was an early stage leader, I was much bossier <laughs> um, because I thought that was a sign that I wasn't wimpy and too girly, whatever that meant, um, that I wanted to be taken seriously. I was thinking about two defining moments. One defining moment was when I was hired to do a big job and I was the only woman around a very big table and it was all men and me and I was very aware that I was the only woman and it took me a while to be okay with the idea that I earned that chair and that my voice was equal and then I evolved to say to myself I'm glad that there's one woman in the room, mm -hmm. and now we have to get others, which I think is a very woman thing, you know, like looking around and thinking about a collaborative approach to solving a problem or figuring out a solution. But it stopped being something that I was uncomfortable being the only girl in the room, and I decided to make it a good thing in my own head. It was the beginning of a new day. But in the end, all I could be was me, you know? And you want to be professional and taken seriously, so, you know, you're probably extra careful not to say something that, in my view, didn't sound smart or like a leader. I think the other opportunity that was probably more important as a defining moment was um, when I was in Sacramento because I was always hired by men who'd been elected to big jobs and and getting comfortable with the idea that you're going to disagree and that you as a leader what I used to tell myself is they're paying me for my opinions and they're paying me to bring my best thinking to the table I had to stop being intimidated when the room was a bunch of brilliant leaders. And there were times when that meant that we were gonna have really combustible conversations and people were gonna get angry. And a friend of mine at the time told me, because it used to make me very nervous if people would get mad at me, you know, and I choose those words on purpose because they really, they were frustrated they, that if you weren't saying what they wanted to hear and um, a friend of mine told me at the time, a professional friend, um, don't confuse your friends and your colleagues. You know, the kind of 
disapproval that you get from a friend or a family member. We pick that up. I think women pick that up because you want to get along with people. That's how we exist in the world. I think that's part of nurturing. I think it's, I really do think it's biological in the sort of grand design, you know. But to remember that you're here to do a job and that um, you can't take it personally if there's a disagreement. The more important thing is that you do your job the best you can. And they don't have to like you in the same way that you want, you know, your spouse to care about you or your friends to care about you or if there's a disagreement with your family, that the work world is different. It gave me a little space to not have my feelings hurt sometimes or to worry about saying something that was unpopular because I didn't want anybody to be mad at me. There were definitely times where I left some conversations thinking I may be fired because this is a really unpopular position. And I had to be okay with the idea that I may lose my job, but I wasn't wrong. There have been a few times in my career where in the end I wasn't wrong. But I definitely, you know, went back to my car and cried. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is awful. You know, but, but not, you know, but that's to say, you don't lose who you are in this process. It adapts, right? And you have to grow those muscles. And the only way to do that is to put yourself in a position where you get tested. And then you find out you can do it. And what I really think it comes down to in the end is your values, a commitment to whatever it is that you care about, your belief system. You know, we can always learn. These are, these are learned skills, right? All the skills. But I think what flavors the skills is what you value. You know, the way you're going to treat people, what your career is going to stand for. I think all of that, if you want to be what you want to represent as a leader. So you were talking about the, in the first defining moment, um, you were the only woman around the table. Um, and you said it took me a while to be okay um, that I earned that chair. What, um, what got you to that point? Was it just time? Time. Time. So what would... Well, time and, mm -hmm. you know, I think a bit of it was, um, I always assumed everybody else was smarter. You always assume if they're bigger, if they're more successful, if they're whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you listen. And not that they weren't brilliant. I was really blessed because I was around really smart people. But you think, you know, they're not so much better. They're not so much. I mean, I have some things to offer. I mean, that took some experience. It took some time to listen and find out that you had something to contribute to the conversation. And believing that it wasn't accidental that you were in that chair that, you know, somebody hired you to do a job because they thought you could do it. You know, they, nobody ever hired me just because, you know, they thought it was nice, <laughs> you know. And people are paying you to get something done. So what would you tell a, a woman or, or a girl that is aspiring to be a leader? What advice would you give them? I think partly that these skills, some of these skills are learned. That, um, that you should not be afraid to try things that you that take you out of your comfort zone. I think that the biggest gift that you can give yourself is stretch goals. 
where you're not at all sure you can do it. Because what I believe in my every day of my life is that those are the things you put in your pocket. That, you know, you were challenged and you didn't back down and that you could figure it out. And the stuff you learn along the way, that you don't have to do it all yourself, mm -hmm. that you can ask others how, that um, you can build a network of people that you trust that will support you. I think that's, and I don't even know, maybe it's just my generation because we came up, you know, when guys were in charge first, we were new to the party. But um, I think whenever you can look two steps ahead in your career and watch how, how other people handle themselves and give yourself the opportunity to see yourself in those jobs. The trick is not getting in your own way to just believe that you'll figure it out. And do you think that there's anything that women uniquely have to offer? I do. I think in this world, that the time that we live in now, mm -hmm. I think the challenges are too big. The pressures and the pace are huge and fast and that uh, the old model of operating in silos is not doable. That um, I think it's a it's a antiquated way of being. I think that there's strength in collaboration, in being willing to um, have more flat decision making mm -hmm. styles, more inclusive problem solving processes. That's very much linked to the skills that women tend to bring mm -hmm. to the workplace. Um, it's more collaborative, it's more partnership, they're sometimes better listeners, um, but more willing to treat everybody equally. Mm -hmm. um, that, that old hierarchical strategy, I don't think going forward, at least what I've seen the last 10 years, um, the work's too big and too hard and too fast. Working in partnership allows you to um, get more done and improve the quality. Sort of two heads are better than one. Do you have a favorite woman leader? I have a few. I've always, I, well, it's just LA. Mm -hmm. I've always admired Robin Kramer for her even-handed way of dealing with really hard, complicated people and problems. I've admired Kathleen Brown for taking on big social issues in her own way. And I really respect the way Fran Inman puts a premium on networks and connecting and the value of working together. I, I really think that's just very generous. It's a generous, she has a generosity of spirit about that. What might someone get out of coming to our Women's Summit? What do you, what's the... I think a couple of things. I think one is the opportunity to learn from successful women and to hear how they learned to be successful leaders without losing themselves to kind of hold on to the optimism and the ambition and 
really drive successful efforts i mean all of them have done successful things i think the other piece is to be around a group of peers to share ideas to share problems to see if we might together come up with solutions to things that we're all dealing with in our own organizations right now and the way we lead so it's kind of a twofer you know what's happening at work and what's happening for yourself to be able to talk to others that understand what that's like and to um, think together mm-hmm. about options that's extraordinary it's a real gift to yourself if you can talk to others and um, leave with some new tools or at least some perspective that's outside of your head and yourself I always like this event because there's a generosity in the room it's um, I, re- I always enjoy the people in the room at the women's summit there's a there's a different feeling um, when you you know walk around and it's all women and they're they want to learn about leadership and more effective leadership 